Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2. We'll begin reading with the first part of verse 14. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, the first part. We'll read that and then skip to verse 36. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 14 and then skipping to verse 36. The title of this message is The Only Appropriate Response to the Gospel. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. Acts chapter 2 describes the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a very important Jewish holiday. It lasted a week. Pentecost literally means 50 days. Pentecost fell on the 50th day after the Passover. And on this particular day, the day of Pentecost, the disciples were together in Jerusalem. And since this was a holiday, many people from all over the known world assembled in Jerusalem, people who spoke different languages. And Simon Peter got up and he began to preach about Jesus, his life, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. Now, Peter spoke Aramaic. And he got up, and when he preached, he preached in the language he knew, Aramaic. But as he was preaching, those other people who were in Jerusalem who did not speak Aramaic but spoke some other language, they understood what Peter was saying in their own Language. Not only did they hear him and understand him in their own native language, they understood him according to their own native dialect. And they clearly heard what Peter said, and in response to his message, they began to ask themselves, ask Peter, what shall we do? And Peter gave them a four-step 
response, a four-step response. Now, I got to thinking about old Peter and wondering if Peter had been living, if he were living today, how he might decide to respond to these people. So I want to show you a slide. And uh, this is a slide of letters, numbers, letters and or numbers. And uh, there are 27 of them. Please forgive the, the uh, re- repetition of the numbers on the far right column. But there are 27 of them. These are, as you probably know, text message abbreviations, right? Now, raise your hand if you text message. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Most of the people here, raise your hand if you do not text message. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. A few people. A few people. Uh, A good number of people have no idea whether they text message or not. I noticed that here. Yeah. Well, these are text message abbreviations, text message abbreviations. Now, uh, how many of you believe that you know what some of these mean? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you think you know what all of these mean? Raise your hand. Do you? Do you? Carrie, do you really? You know what? Do you text message, Carrie? Do you really? Do you really? Wow. Wow. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. All right. All right, Carrie. All right, Carrie. All right, Carrie. Number eight right here. BRB. What does that mean? Be right back. What about that? Give Carrie a hand over here. Wow. Holy. All right. Be right back. All right. What about number 14? Who knows what 14 is? Raise your hand. Trey Cochran, what does 14 mean? Gotta go. Or, as Cynthia Curry said this morning, good to go. Got to go or good to go. All right. All right, let's do uh, uh, over here on the far end, number 16. Number 16, who knows what that is? Who knows what that is? What is that? Later. That's right. Good job. Good job. All right. And let's see. Uh, number, uh, number 11 over here on the third column, number 11. Number 11. What, what does that mean, Timothy Patrick? What do you say? It means what? See ya is right for the second column. That's right, Timothy Patrick. The one on the left is what? Don't look at me like you didn't know that. All right. Number three. Number three. How many knows what number three is? James Stevens. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. In fact, starting at the top, before means before. Thanks. Question for you. Number four, what? Number five, please. Number six, way to go. Number seven, no problem. Number eight, be right back. Number nine. By the way, number 10. Number 11, see ya. Number 12, what? Ever. Number 13. Never mind. Number 14. Gotta go. Number 15. Just kidding. Number 16. I don't care. How many of you IDC right here, right now? <laughs> Number 17. Okay. Number 18. I don't know. Back up here. Number 10. What does that mean? What's up? Number 11. What? Number 12. Laughing out loud. Number 13. Oh my gosh. Number 14. Love you. 
or somebody said this morning, lost you. It depends on if you're in Walmart or not. Love you or lost you. Number 15, you okay. Number 16, later. Number 17, hugs and kisses. Number 18, four. Yeah. So I got to thinking, what if, what if Simon Peter, when these people stood up and said, what shall we do? What if he had given this four-step response to them? What if he had given it to them in text message lingo? That's exactly right, Olivia. That's right. That's right. I'll take any applause I can get right here. What if Peter had responded in text message lingo? If he had, I think that these may have been the four text message responses that, or, 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 that Peter would have given those people. So let's take a look at the four-step response that Peter gave these people in response to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. First of all, there is RLZ. Who thinks you know what RLZ represents? Who? Bonnie Chester, who has no text message, got it right. She said, realize, realize. Now, if you notice verse 37, says, and this is at the end of Peter's sermon, says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. The first step in a proper and appropriate response to the gospel is to realize two things. First of all, we must realize some things about Jesus and we must realize some things about ourselves. First, we must realize who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. He is God in flesh. He is God who came to earth to live perfectly, to die on the cross for our, in our place, and he rose from the dead to give us life. So we need to know, we need to realize who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But secondly, we need to realize some things about ourselves. When we think about how holy God is, and then we compare and contrast ourselves to God, what we find is there are some major things wrong with us. Even the best of people have some things that are wrong with them because of sin in our lives. And so these people heard Peter's message. Now, you got to understand some things, uh, one thing in particular about how these people had been viewing Jesus versus how they should have been viewing Jesus. They were viewing him as the one who needed to be crucified. If you look back uh, in verse 36, Peter says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus Lord and Messiah. That's who they should have been looking at Jesus as. This Jesus is Lord and Messiah or Christ. But instead, Peter says, they were looking at him this way. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. You see, we will either look at Jesus as someone who should be crucified or we'll be looking at him as Lord and Christ. One of those two ways. And they realized upon hearing this message from Peter, upon hearing the good news of Jesus, they realized that they were looking at Jesus in the wrong way. They were headed in the wrong direction. So the first step in, a, in an appropriate response to the gospel is you realize 
who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, and you realize where you and I stand in contrast to the holiness of God. So realize is the first text message that Peter would send to these people in in response to uh, this gospel message. Second is CHG. Anybody have an idea what CHG might be? What? Change. Change. Now, I hope you heard what uh, we said to the children. We were in this human train, and we were choo-chooing our way around this way when we found out, we realized, realized we were headed in the wrong direction. And so we stopped, and we turned around, and we changed our direction. Now, the Bible has a word for that, and the word for that is repent. Repent, verse 38. After the people said to Peter, said, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent. The word repent literally means to turn from one direction into another direction. That is, turn in such a way as to change your direction. You see, the Lord accepts us where we are. Make no mistake, the Lord accepts you and me right where we are, but He is not content with leaving us the way we are. He is all about taking us as we are and changing us, changing our direction, changing our orientation, changing the uh, focal point of our lives. That's what repent literally means. Once we've had that aha moment in which we realize who Jesus is and who we are in contrast to Jesus' holiness, then we should turn and change. We must repent And so repent is the second step in an appropriate response to the gospel. Now, the third step in this response that Peter gave is D-N-K-N. What's that? What? Duncan. Duncan. What does that mean? It means to be baptized, of course. Whenever someone is saved and they come to join the church, what do we do? We start dunking them. In the water. Is that not right? Hello? Hello? That's exactly right. Dunkin them. Listen to what Peter says in verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Be baptized. All of you, he says. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm not talking here about what is required for you and me to be saved. I'm talking about the response, the overall and complete response God wants us to make to the good news. The only part of these four uh, steps that, are, that is, are required for salvation are the first two. When I, when I realized that I was lost without Christ, then I repented, turned, and I received Christ. So realize and repent are absolute requirements if we want to become a Christian, if we want to receive Christ into our hearts and be saved. Being baptized in water is not a requirement for salvation, yet it is the first command that God gives us. And so it is the first act of obedience on our part once we have received Christ as our Savior. Now, let me just stop right here for a moment and ask you this question. Have you realized what Jesus has done for you? 
Have you realized that you are lost and in need of a Savior? And has there ever been, has there ever been a time in your life when you have repented of your sin and received Christ as your Savior? That's the first two steps. And then let me ask this question to all of us who have been saved, we have received Christ. Have you then been baptized? Again, you don't have to be baptized to get to heaven, but if you want to be obedient to the commands of Christ, then one of the first things that you and I ought to do after we become a Christian is to be baptized, to be part of the Duncan. Because by being baptized, we proclaim to everybody who sees it that Jesus has taken us as we are. He has washed our sins away and he has brought us back as a new creation. So realize, repent, and then be baptized. And then fourth is, what is this CU with the symbol at, what what does that mean? Tell me. CU at PBC. CU at PBC. CU at Palmetto Baptist Church. What does this mean? It means that God also wants you to be part of a local body of believers. He wants you to be part of the church. He wants you to join the church. Now watch what Peter says or what what happens uh, once these people start realizing that they're sinful, repenting, and then uh, receiving Christ for, and then being baptized. He says this, verse 41, those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and get this, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, brother, I'll tell you, I'd love to be part of a revival like that. One day's, one day's meeting results in 3,000 people being saved. Can you believe that? Can you imagine being a part of something like that? I mean, you go from 120 in number to 3,120 in number within the course of 24 hours. Now, watch what he says. About 3,000 were added to their number. That phrase, their number. What does that mean? What is their number? It's the church. About 3,000 were added to the church on that day. Guess what the Lord wants you to do? Now, I don't know how important it is to most people today, but I can tell you this. Joining a local church is important to God. We live in a time where a lot of people come to church but don't join a church. It's true. In fact, some of the newest churches around It used to be that you had, kind of like we are, we have over 800 members on roll, but we run about 350 on average on Sunday, which means that somewhere between 60 and 65% of our people who are are members on roll, we never see. And by the way, last night, I called the FBI office and the CIA, and they couldn't find them either. Most churches have far more members on roll than they do people attending. Most new churches have far more people attending than they do people on roll. You know why? Because the majority of people to the newer churches are attending but never join. This is a a growing trend in uh, churches in the United States. But let me tell you something. Uh, While it's good, I mean, 
If somebody's just in church at least, that's a great thing. But let me tell you what's better, to be in church and to officially be a member of that local church. God has designed the Christian life to be lived within the context of a local body of believers. He did not intend for Christianity to be lived kind of halfway connected to a body of believers or many body of believers. He wants us to be actively involved. We have around 350 on average. Some of those aren't members of the church. We have somewhere around, I don't know, 500 people maybe, on role in this church that we never see. That's not the kind of active membership that God wants for you and me. He wants us to be actively involved in the church of which we are a member. That's why I say, see you at PBC. So, Peter's preaching about Jesus. The people stop and they say, what do we need to do? And the response Peter gives them has four steps. Realize who Jesus is and what he has done. And realize how sinful you and I are in contrast to a holy God. Repent. After we realize we're going in the wrong direction, turn and change directions and head toward Jesus. That's repent. Once we have received Christ as Savior, be baptized Be baptized to proclaim to everybody who knows you and sees you, this is what Jesus has done for me. And then join a local body of believers. This is the only appropriate response to the good news. Anything else is inadequate. So let me ask you, of these four steps, where might you be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that you are the God who understands every language. Whether it's English, French, Spanish, or Hungarian, you know it. Whether it's English longhand, shorthand, or if it's text messaging, you understand it. In fact, we can stand or sit here in this place and not say a word and yet pray from our hearts without making a sound. And you understand every word we pray from our heart. You are unlimitedly multilingual. And Lord, you've made the Christian life really simple to understand. We're lost, hopelessly lost without the ability to save ourselves. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for us and to be raised from the dead to give us life. You call for us to realize who he is and what he's done. And you call for us to realize that we, in our sinfulness, are headed in the wrong direction. And you instruct us to repent, to turn and change our direction. And Lord, once we've received you as our Savior, you want us to be baptized to say to everybody involved, this is what Jesus has done for me. 
But Lord, you want us to be active in a local church. And Lord, there are folks here in this place today who have not fulfilled all of those four steps. Some have not realized that they're lost until maybe today. Some have not repented and received you as Savior. Others have done both of those, but they haven't been baptized. And still others are floating around really and and not officially joining a local church. I pray that that would change for some folks beginning right now. In Jesus' name, amen.